The Lonely Hour is back. Sort of. Hi all, it's your host Julia Bainbridge, and I'm here to say that season two of The Lonely Hour will launch this fall, and that the show is joining The Listening Booth, home of Memory Motel and the forthcoming What's Happening Here. We'll start up again in October with a new team, new resources, and new angles into the topic of loneliness. In the meantime, I'm sharing essays on loneliness to give you a little something to chew on. I'd commissioned these pieces over the summer. You can read all 18 on thelonelyhour.com under the stories section, and I've picked five of my favorites to be read aloud here by the writers themselves. After each reading, I'm going to ask the author a few questions. The first comes from a friend, Jamie Feldmar, who was a guest on season one's solo dining episode. Here's what she emailed me after I sent out the call for essays. Yo, can I write something on how I'm alone all the time and I don't feel lonely almost ever and I spend a lot of time wondering if there's something wrong with me for this? Like, am I actually a robot? My answer was, of course, yes, you can write that. Here is what we ended up calling, I'm not lonely, but I'm not bragging. When I was in elementary school, I was obsessed with wolves. Wolves could eat up to 20 pounds of raw meat in one sitting, I would announce to no one in particular. Wolves are the largest canines in the world. I spent a lot of time reading. And whenever I took a break from zoo books to learn about wolves, I almost always read fiction, painting grand tableaus of faraway places and their inhabitants in my mind. I wrote, too, science fiction epics that crossed the boundaries of space and time, alternately impressing and horrifying my teachers with the elaborate obstacles I forced upon my characters. I had, in short, what you would call a rich inner life, which I later learned is basically a polite way of saying someone who spends entirely too much time inside of her own head. I wasn't a loner, necessarily. I was good at talking to people. Growing up, I had friends and boyfriends. In my teens, I moved to New York City, and I made more friends and had more boyfriends, and I developed a web of social and professional ties that have, over the years, netted into a rich life. Still, I spend a lot of uninterrupted time with me, myself, and I. I live alone. I run a small business and often work alone, sequestered in my home office. I travel alone for both work and pleasure to remote areas where I sometimes go days without talking to another human. I am romantically unattached, which seems for many to be a sure catalyst for loneliness. But not for me. I rarely feel lonely. In fact, I almost never do. But I'm not bragging about it. It worries me. Everywhere I look, the pressure of loneliness surrounds me. Countless songs, books, and works of art that I willingly consume are the direct result of their creators being lonely. My friends and loved ones speak of the sensation often, how it shapes their days and dreams and actions. A few months ago, as a dinner party I attended was winding down, the other guests took turns fantasizing about what they wanted from a hypothetical partner. Tipsy and loose, they were honest about their hopes that this other person could alleviate some of their day-to-day -day loneliness every single one of them. When it came time for me to describe my ideal mate, I could barely play along. My mind was simply blank. So I can't help but think, what is wrong with me that I'm not lonely? I know I've experienced loneliness in my life. Once after I moved to New York and feared I'd made a mistake by being here. And again, after a protracted breakup with someone who consumed all of my love and left me gasping for air. 
But it's been years since that blank white sensation has enveloped me, and I'm worried it speaks to some kind of larger moral failing on my part. It's tough to pinpoint how I got here. My little sister was really sick when we were kids, and my parents spent months in the hospital with her. I only remember bits and pieces, but the whole episode must have had a lasting effect on the way in which I express my emotions, or don't. I learned to hold my feelings close to my chest. I remember feeling exposed on a Grand Canyon vacation when my father implored me to express appropriate impressions of awe. I said nothing, just nodded, though indeed I was moved by the epic landscape around us. To this day, I often feel like there's a barrier between my brain and my mouth. I feel things so intensely that I sometimes bow under their weight and teeter on the brink of emotional collapse, but you'd never know it from my Teflon shell. These are my issues and mine to resolve, but I get whiplash from the mixed messages the world sends out. On the one hand, independence is seen as a virtue. All hail the single ladies. We aspire to take care of ourselves, to be emotionally and financially autonomous, and yet we're also defensive about being alone. We write things to justify and exoticize our behavior, straining to prove that we are indeed okay for wanting true independence. So I don't know if I should be proud of myself for the life I've built or concerned that I don't feel there's anything lacking. Here's another fact about wolves and one that scientists discovered just a few years ago. Wolves howl out of loneliness. The prevailing wisdom prior to this had been that those woeful howls were merely instinctual, but it actually appears that they, in fact, occur more often when animals are separated and in distress. So it turns out lone wolves are just trying to get back to their packs, after all. As for me, maybe it's time to let my guard down and try to find mine. Great reading, Jamie. What has the response been like to this piece? What kinds of discussions has your piece sparked between you and its readers in the couple months that it's been live? Yeah, um, I've been really pleasantly surprised at the response to this piece. Um, I'm not always super comfortable sharing such personal things. Um, so I was I was nervous about writing this and about publishing this. I was afraid that it might feel um, self-indulgent or petty or silly because I'm a writer and we're just filled with all kinds of self-doubt. But I've been really pleasantly surprised by the number of people who wrote in, and some of them were strangers and some of them were people that I knew, who wrote in to tell me how much they related to this piece, how it verbalized something that they felt like they had never really been able to say. I've gotten a couple of messages from close friends who've told me very personal things that it elicited within them, which means a lot to me. Uh, But I also, just the other day, got an email from a total stranger who had had read it. I don't really know how she found it, but she read it and was so... felt like she connected to it so strongly that she was compelled to reach out to me and tell me that she has always felt the same way, and she's also wondered if there's something wrong with her, and she was so happy to hear that there was someone else like her out there, and she told me that she takes herself on solo date nights, and she invited me to one, which sort of defeats the purpose of a solo date night, but I thought it was really sweet nonetheless. And, you know, it's been, it's just been really nice to sort of see 
to feel like, oh, there's not actually something wrong with me for feeling this way. And in fact, there's like a whole population of other people out there who also feel this way. Um, it's been it's been reassuring. <laughs> Are you getting closer to finding your pack? Well, I think that this my answer to this question builds off of my answer to the previous question, which is that um, in some ways, yes, by virtue of having written this piece and gotten the response that I've gotten from it, I have realized that there is a sort of pack of other people out there who who feel this way as well. And that is very comforting. And like I mentioned in the essay, I do have, I think, a very powerful, strong web of friends and family that I care about very much. And I, I think and hope the feeling is mutual. So it's not that I feel adrift per se. It's just that I've always felt like maybe there was something sort of off with me for having felt this way. And now knowing that that is perhaps not the case, I do feel a little bit more comforted. I sometimes think that maybe I should put a little more effort into finding a romantic partner that fulfills some of that pack, you know, that makes me feel like part of a pack, but it's just something I have trouble prioritizing. So I would say I'm, I would say I'm like, I'm there in some aspects of life and not so much in other parts. All right, here's the big one. What does loneliness mean to you? Mm, Yeah. Um, I think that loneliness is a proof point in some ways of humanity. Um, Loneliness is a very powerful motivator. It's a very powerful emotion. It's a powerful driver of behavior. And I think that loneliness is sort of a, it's, it's proof that you're capable of human emotion. It sucks sometimes. I don't think loneliness is necessarily always a, a good feeling to experience, but I think it's really important to have in your life at some point or at multiple points because I think that one, it it drives you, and two, I think it's a necessary, if perhaps unpleasant, reminder, if you will, that you're capable of feeling the full spectrum of human emotion. So what does loneliness mean to you, listeners? I'm not the expert on the topic, I'm just the shepherd of the conversation, so let's explore what loneliness means together. Drop me a voicemail with your definition on Google Voice. Dial 415-663-5901. That's 41lonely01. You can also record your thoughts as a voice memo and email me the mp3 file at lonelyhourpodcast at gmail.com. Just make sure to include your name and an email address so I can get back to you, because we may use what you said in a future episode. Otherwise, stay tuned, because I'll be sharing a new essay soon. In the meantime, you can read all of them at thelonelyhour.com. And as always, you can email me there or find me on Twitter at Lonely Podcast or on the Lonely Hours Facebook page. <laughs>